The following audio content is a talk from Convergence, a service for young adults at University Presbyterian Church in Seattle, Washington. For more information, please visit our website at upc.org forward slash young adults. So here's my question to you. How do you know? Really, how do you know? I mean, that's, that is the question, isn't it? For us, as we begin to think about relationships, how do you know this is the right person for me? If I'm going to take a big step, if I'm going to take the plunge, if I'm going to you know, t- tie the ball and chain around my ankle, do I have the right person? Right? I mean, we don't want just anybody. We want the right person. It's not just, hey, hey, great, you know, you, you look fine, you'll do. Right? That's not who we're looking for. We're looking for the right person, the person that gets us uh, excited, that, that, that feels like it fits us. And so when it comes to this idea of beginning to figure out, okay, how do I know that I found that right person? I mean, there's all kinds of stuff that we could talk around about discernment that is really no different than any other decision. And yet, there are things, some things that are uh, a little different that hopefully we'll push into tonight, some criteria that will maybe help guide us. So we start to find that person that's the right fit, right? We start making lists. Now, I mean, you all have lists. You all have lists of who you're looking for, right? I have a list. You have a list. And we start going down and you think, okay, if I, I need the right kind of qualities, that'll be the right fit. And it's, it's sort of like a shopping list, right? I lost my camera here a few weeks ago. It's about time that we finally get, we finally get one. So I'm starting to make a list. You know, it's got a... 14 megapixels and eight times zoom and I don't know. So I'm coming up with all the stuff that's going to make, be a great camera for me. All right. The camera that's going to make me happy. The, the problem is sometimes that's what we do when we date, isn't it? When we start looking for a spouse, Hey, I got it. Here's my list of criteria. And I'll just look for somebody that fits that list. Right? Well, it's a little awkwardly silent in here, isn't it? I think I hit something. The problem is we go through, lists aren't really bad. I mean, we have them. I mean, we want to we come up with criteria, things that are valuable to us. The only problem, though, is that when we, when we go at that solely in our dating life, in our marriage life, and then even as we get married, and, and maybe what, we, what we're beginning to find out that, that that list that we thought, maybe actually they were, they were bluffing a little bit, or, or, or those things don't necessarily mean as much as, as they used to, and we're beginning to go, wait a second, this person doesn't fit my, my list. And, and a list is good, but a list can lead us astray. A, a, a list can actually uh, lead us to the wrong end. It all depends on what's the goal of the list, Right? What if, what if you have a bunch of criteria on your list that actually makes for not a good spouse? Or at least it, it really is irrelevant for a good spouse. Or, or what if, what if the, the criteria on your list actually might lead you to miss the very person that would be awesome? For you in your life. I mean, it's the same thing as even with, with friends, right? We have, we, we have friends and we, we look around and we say, you know, who is a good friend? And sometimes the, our, our criteria can lead us to, to miss the person that might be right in front of us that could either be a great friend or, or perhaps eventually a, a great spouse. Let me give you an example. Okay, I grew up in Southern California. I'm a product of Southern California. So when I, when I grew up east, down in San Diego, uh, I was thinking, here's on my list, okay? Tall, straight, straight-haired, blonde girl who, by the way, uh, surfs, plays volleyball, is a mountain climber, loves to run, and loves Jesus. Right? I mean, I was on my list. Well, don't ever tell Shannon that was on my list because I married a brunette with curly hair, right? I mean, pretty soon you, you start going along, you go, okay, maybe that's actually not the person 
that would be the best for me. Maybe some of those criteria actually don't really, in the end, matter. Right? So you guys watch 30 Rock, yeah? Come on. A little bit? All right. Yeah. Right, it's basically a sociological study, parody, each and every week about the, the, ter- the terrible situation of what is it like to be 30 and single. Oh, it's so horrible, right? As you see Liz Lemon just bumble her way around. Well, here's a little homework, just, you know, because hopefully it will be fun. You, go, you need to watch last week's 30 Rock, right, Mother's Day. I mean, it, it's awesome. Okay, some of you already have seen it, you know what I'm talking about. Right, on Liz, Liz forever has this impossible... She's a producer, she, she's a very capable person, very funny person, but she just can't ever seem to get a romantic life in order, for those of you who haven't seen it. And, and finally, she's around all these moms, it's a Mother's Day special, and all these moms are all on their case, and, and, and it comes out that you know, she has on this list, and, and what's on her list? Well, she just, it's not a big list, it's not, it's not that important, it's not really that, you know, it reason. she just wants to marry an astronaut. <laughs> An astronaut, if I could only find an astronaut, it's easy, it's that easy. And then she finds out, in the midst of it, that actually her mom was in love when she was younger with an astronaut. Just not any astronaut, but Buzz Aldrin. And she's like, yeah, and then she's like, you're with dad. She goes, yeah, you know, it just, you know, I settled in it. It was the right decision. She's like, no, it's the wrong decision. You married the wrong man. And, but she ends up finding out that, that she actually runs into Buzz Aldrin and finds out that actually he's the wrong person and he, he you know within half an hour as you know things resolve really well she finds out it's what the way life goes right she finds out that actually he said i would have been horrible to your mom just because i was an astronaut doesn't necessarily mean i would have would have been a, a a good husband well right we all wrestle with our list and we think okay what's important what's not important and, and then sometimes we meet people and we go okay Oh, it doesn't quite feel right, and yet um, they're on the list. You know, well, they're Christian. They're on the list, right? I met them at Bible school. They're on the list. You know, they're not mean. They're on the list, right? So, and we wrestle with this, and we go to our friends. And here, the, the worst thing in the world, right? You go to your, your married friends or your parents or, or whatever. You say, okay, how did you know? How did you know? How did you know? Because I'm wrestling. I, I can't figure it out. And, and they look at each other, right? And they get that really sick, sublime smile on their face. Reach over, grab a hand, squeeze. You just know. <laughs> right? It's the worst thing in the world. What do you mean you just know? Oh, you just, I don't know. You know when you know. You're like, that doesn't, that doesn't help me at all. Well, for Liz, and for her, there's a sense of like, you've got to give up. You've got to give up dreams. You know, give up the dream of the astronaut, and, and that's really what's all about, and you and settle. And so much of actually her romantic relationships are this question of, should she just settle for someone. Well, here's the thing is I begin to realize as I wrestle w- with my own list and some of that stuff actually was on my list. Uh, as I begin to think, you know, sometimes actually what I was looking for really wasn't a, a, a good spouse. What I was looking for w- was something that I longed to be. I was looking for something that would make me feel important. And at the end of the day, you go, you know, I like volleyball. I played in college a little bit. And, uh, you know, I got it. But I'm going to bring it someday. My mom just dumped all these, like, medals from high school, which I don't even know why we have them. But I'm going to bring them in someday just because you need to know that I was prom king. It's, uh, you know, <laughs> like that stuff matters, right? You know, I, why do I really have, do I, why do I need a volleyball playing wife who can, you know, bungee jump off of mountains and I, whatever? You know, it goes on and on. Why, why do I want that stuff? Well, maybe it's because I want it. I want to be this 
great volleyball player or, or I want to accomplish or I want to be this, seen as this great athlete. And then you go, really? Yeah, that stuff is important. I like it. But really, maybe it's more about what I'm hoping to be that I hope somebody else can give me. And, and I think it's not so much sometimes about us, unlike what gets parodied in culture all the time, is this idea of, well, you've got to give up and settle when you get married, right? It's all fun when you're dating, it's romance, it's great, but when you get married, what you do is you settle. And you just, you know, ball and chain. Maybe it's that you actually, the people that get it, you think about the people that have been, been married, they have good marriages, not easy marriages, but good marriages. Maybe it's because they actually have come to the truth to understand what is really important and their eyes were opened up. Maybe not to the ideal, maybe not to the trophy husband or the trophy wife, but maybe to the right person that was in front of them all the time. What we're going to do, sometimes we like to, to, to sit in a passage of scripture, and that tends to be my preference, but we're going to actually going to, we're going to jump through a number of passages. And so if you have your Bibles, uh, pull them out. We're going to begin in 2 Corinthians uh, chapter 6, beginning in verse 14. Um, so we're going, to, we're going to look through a few things, because there isn't any say, one distinct list, but there's some stuff we can put together, some principles that will help us begin to, th- to, to, begin to guide kind of our decision-making uh, as we look forward. Let me pray as we get in. Lord... We thank you that you've given us your word and that, that even if your word doesn't always describe exactly what to do in every situation that we might find ourselves, Lord, there's something about it that is enduring. Uh, because really what it teaches us to do is think and discern and listen to your spirit. And, and so it can speak to people for whom it was written 2,000 years ago, but it also can speak to us today, and we pray that your Holy Spirit that inspired it would, would just would do that, would speak to us uh, tonight. pray this in your name. Amen. Uh, some of you have heard this idea yoked, right? This idea of, and it's thrown out as, don't be unequally yoked, okay? Yoked is this weird word. It's like one of those Christianese words, like who talks about yoking, Right? It's, it's like, is that milking? Is that, what is that? Be yoked together? What's, what's happening with that? Well, yoked is this word, though. It's in, it's in Scripture. And, and it's this interesting word. And it's actually going to be a word that's going to be really helpful, but we need to spend a little time unpacking it. And one of the things that, uh, one of the passages that gets used often when you're talk, talking about kind of finding that right person is often this, um, this uh, declaration, this injunction, do not be yoked together. comes out of 2 Corinthians. Uh, l- let me just read it through. Um, uh, beginning in verse 14. Do not be yoked together with unbelievers. For what do righteousness and wickedness have in common? Or what, do fellow, or what fellowship can light have with darkness? What harmony is there between Christ and Bilal? What does a believer have in common with an unbeliever? What agreement is there between the temple of God and idols? And you, and you look at it and pretty soon you're like, oh, I don't think that has anything to do with marriage. Or anything to do with a spouse. And it doesn't um, in one way and it does in, in another way. What Paul is doing, we talked about Corinthians last week. Uh, for those of you who are here, and I, you know, I, I shared enough to, of you to know that it was a, just a mess. Right? If any of you think that the early church was somehow golden and we all have it messed up now, you should look at Corinth. Okay? It was a mess. And it's continued to be a mess through a couple of different letters that Paul had. 
And, and part of what Paul is trying to push on is he's not talking about marriage. And, and he's, not, he's not actually saying don't ever you know, interact with those who, who aren't following Christ. I mean, that, that, that's not what is being said. What he is saying is that there was this mixture that, uh, of, uh, in a sense, uh, you had people who were worshiping. They were going to temples and worshiping these pagan gods that, that Christ had died to, to, to free them from. We talked about some people were giving themselves to this, this temple or looking up at this temple and having their sexuality driven by Aphrodite. And I've come to free from that. And, and the problem was not that they were interacting with those who didn't believe in Jesus. The problem was that they were actually worshiping with them. And so Paul says, look, in the most intimate places with you and God, it does not make sense for there to be conflict. See, there's all these things. You're engaging in this practice. Not, not that you're, you're engaging with those who are different than you. It's just in your worship of the God that has come down to free you, there is conflict. You're being pulled in different directions. God has called you to move into this place of growth and strength that he's called you to become complete. And you're wasting your time being all over the place. Worshiping gods that don't exist. Well, yoked is a, is a funny word. It, you see it throughout scripture. You, 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 know, you, you type it in a search or something like that. And you, you quickly realize that yoked is... Um, Let's let's see if we have those pictures. Yoked isn't always good. First of all, yoked is all about, right? A lot of you know this. I I actually wish I could have gotten one of these. I would have loved to have put two of your heads in that thing. It's really heavy. Really heavy? Okay. Do you have one at home? No. Oh. That would be great if you did. But anyways, thinking of Dave, I could yank you around on this thing. You know, Dave likes to bring people up. It's this idea, though. It's an instrument. It's an instrument for work. It's an instrument that um, you know it ties together often, you know, two oxen or two animals. And the point is that what it can do is that it can then combine the strength of the two people to, to pull something. So, like uh, uh, tilling ground would be a, a classic example. It's an intimate thing, though, isn't it? Because you have to actually have two people that are that are side by side, or, or two animals in this case that are side by side. Uh, there's a sense that there has to be, they have to walk in step with one another. There has to be a sense of submission. Because you can imagine, what if one decides to just run to the right? Well, you're going to choke the other one, right? What if they start heading in different directions? What, what, if, what if they, in, in the moment of having this around their necks, they, they start freaking out? You, you could not only, not only would it be difficult, to, you're already pulling something that is, is really hard. It's heavy. Um, what if you start pulling against each other? I mean, it just would, it, it would exhaust you. And in worst case, it would, it would actually just start harming you. It would destroy you. It's an intimate thing. Done right. In step with one another. It's actually powerful. You're not in step with one another. Uh, it's destructive. So you look throughout Scripture. You, you begin... Um, Looking through, and usually this word yoke, as, as it begins now to apply to human relationships, is, is fairly negative. Okay, let me give you a couple of examples. Um, Exodus 6 6. Therefore, say to the Israelites, I am the, uh, I am the Lord, and I will bring you out from under the yoke of the Egyptians. I will free you from being slaves to them, and I will redeem you with an outstretched arm and mighty acts of judgment. Okay, a lot of times, uh, being under the yoke is being under the control. In other words, what you're pulling is not for your own benefit. 
Okay, what you're tilling is not for your own benefit. You're actually controlled by a foreign power. And it's heavy, and it wears you out. It's about oppression. Okay, uh, other, other places. Paul uses this now in, in a spiritual sense in, in Galatians 5. And he talks about that there's a sense of being bound by rules and regulations and things that, that, that take away your freedom. The very freedom that Christ has come to give us. Solomon's son, the great king Solomon, you know, after David, greatest king uh, in Israel, and then he has his son Solomon, and he's, we know him as, as the wise one, and, and, and you know, the writer of Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, and Ecclesiastes, and yet there's this moment where the, the kingdom begins to break down when his son takes over, and, there, and Solomon had worked the people hard, and, and they'd built up, and Jerusalem was, was, uh, was just glorious. But they're like, this is, we've been under heavy yoke. We've been working so hard. We've got to have relief. And instead of granting that, he decides he wants to kind of uh, flex his muscles and says, I'm going to make, the yoke is going to be twice as hard as my dad. And, and what he gets is rebellion. Yoke is usually something that, that comes off as being ill-fitting. It's usually something that you want to get rid of. It's something that just does not feel right. See, some of the thing about it, a lot of us have been in relationships, and we know what it's like when the, the relationship is ill-fitting, right? It just it feels like it's way more. It, I mean, it's hard enough as it is, and yet this is way harder than it than it needs to be. I, mean, I think this is the, the one of the one of the best reasons for dating, dating well, but dating because you begin to to, to have a sense of what's it like, okay, and, and and does is the criteria on my list? Does it make sense? Because if we just go with it, we just heard what Nate had said. If you, we just go with well, they went to the right school or the right denomination or the right church or or, or whatever else, you, you go well. That doesn't mean anything. Or or I love the Lord, but then you get. Start walking alongside this person, and you just feel like this is ill-fitting. You feel like your the life is getting sucked out of you. You feel like you're knocking up against them all the time. You're you're, you're getting yanked one way or the other, and and it just it feels like it ends up being constricting. You you can't be yourself. Now, I was in those relationships. I don't know if anybody else has. I mean, it was part of my own discernment process. As I, you know, dated different girls, girls who loved the Lord, girls who were attractive, girls who who were solid, and yet I realized when I sometimes when I'm around them that this just doesn't work. It just doesn't fit. I just I can't really be myself around them. Which doesn't mean, by the way, being a jerk or being rude. It just means I can't be myself. It doesn't fit. Some of us know, or even have friends, you know, feel like they're, they're in marriages even. We have the sense of it, it just, it seems like it's so hard. Remember, yoke, the idea of a yoke is all about this idea of walking together, step by step in the same direction, under control. You can't be going, you can't have one person going east and one person going west. You have to be heading in the same direction. It matters for people of faith. You've got to have a sense that you're walking in the same direction together. doesn't mean the other person is bad. It just means that you might not be walking in the same direction. You might be going crosswise. 
See, you get into this kind of place and you start to realize that things like being an astronaut or, or whether she has blonde hair or brunette hair doesn't really matter. Or whether she, she, she plays a particular sport or, or is particularly athletic in a way that you want. It, it just doesn't really matter. Because life ends up becoming difficult with this person. Just being around him. You, you feel like you're getting yanked around all the time. You feel like it's starting to wear on you. See, what's interesting in the sense of uh, yoke being such a negative thing is that Jesus actually uses it. And some of you will recognize this passage. He uses it, Matthew chapter 11, and he says, he says this, Come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy and my burden is light. But what he does, he doesn't actually say, okay, I'm just going to take away the burden. What he says is, I want you to learn from me. I want you to take my yoke upon you. So it's not that you're trying to just get rid of all your problems. It's that Jesus is saying, come to me. And you got heavy lifting in your life. We know this. We know that life isn't always easy. We know that it's full of challenges. We know that bad stuff happens. He's saying, look, I want, I want you to come alongside me. I want to teach you. I know how you're made. I, I know what you're created for. The burden or the yoke as you come alongside me is not one that's going to feel like it just doesn't fit or it's ill-fitting. It's going to be one that's actually going to give you strength to take on the very task that is in front of you. The heavy lifting that, that we all um, have in our lives. Whether it be tough stuff, whether it just be the huge goals we have. Least of which is this whole goal of how do we grow into full maturity in Christ. That's not an easy thing. It's not something we earn, but it takes courage. To, to look at the places in our lives that are, not, that are not directed by Christ and His love and His grace and His truth, but the places that are, in which there's darkness, in which there's lies. That's hard work, let alone some of the goals that you might particularly have on, on what you want to be and who you want to be and what you, your life will be about so that it actually has meaning. See, when we start to think, or find someone who we're equally yoked with, we're, in some ways we'll, we'll extrapolate this out. We're looking for someone who has the character of Christ, who can come alongside and fit right next to us. We want to see someone who has the, the, the fruit of the Spirit, that, that has a sense of, is this person willing to, to be patient and kind and forbear? And self Are they self-controlled? Is it... Are they marked by goodness? Are they, able, are they able to stand up to me? While also being willing to say, you know what, I'm wrong. I was wrong. I'm sorry. You're looking for someone who looks like Christ. When we do this, what happens is that our list, we can let go of some of the things on our, on our list. So, I already mentioned a bunch of athletic stuff. Here's one of the things. I'll be honest, it bothered me. Shannon was not real into athletics. She wasn't a big runner, and I was a cross-country runner. And I was like, I'd love to go running with you. You know, shouldn't I find, be able to find someone I can go running with? Well, what I found was someone I felt like I could be yoked well with. And he, here's what happened. Last weekend, Shannon ran her first half marathon. Guess who has yet to run a half marathon? 
Okay, she could outrun me. In fact, I'm in bed. My running legs are not great right now. So, you know, I'm just thinking, I, I got this challenge. It's a great challenge. You know, but, and so it's, there would be these things in which, you know, we felt like there were, there were differences, and yet we realized that they were actually peripheral things in which we've actually come together, and, and it's true for both of us in, in ways. Here's the other thing. When I went to, when I went to seminary, I love thinking, I love talking theology, I love, and I would come home and I would, I'd be in these classes and I would totally geek out on her on stuff. And, and I'd be like, I'd be talking about all these ridiculous theories of scripture and I'd be talking and I'd be looking at her across the dinner table and she's just like glazed over, right? I'd be, man, come on, I should be able to talk to you about this stuff. You should be engaged with me. You know, we gotta get in these deep theological discussions. And eventually I just realized, no, I don't. And it's okay. She doesn't think like that. And she, she's not in the context. She doesn't know all the stuff. She hasn't been hearing everything I, I heard. Why does she even care about this? I mean, I, I'm just babbling, really. And the, and the thing is, does that ultimately matter? No, I know she has a heart for the Lord. I, I know that we have a heart of a sense of ministry as a couple together. I know that we do well together. And so, you know what? Some of the stuff, that can get fulfilled by a wider community. One of the challenges that we have with marriage today is that we expect way too much from the other person. We expect them to be absolutely everything, and it's just not fair. We expect them to be a whole community of people when they're just one person, and sometimes they might even expect that of us, when really I just need to be one of the most important people in their lives, but not everybody. So here's the thing. The person you want to be with Ultimately, and I, you're going to have to discern this on your own. You're going to have your own list. But the person you want to be with ultimately is the person who will make the tough life of work joyful. The person you want to be with is not the hottest person, not the smartest person, not the funniest person, not the, mo- not the person with the most money, not the person who looks the most spiritual. You want to be with the person whom you can pull hard with in the stuff of life. That's how you begin to, to decide. And, and it's funny. It's like, you can imagine Jesus saying, come to you, all, all you who are weary and heavy laden, you'll find rest. It, it, I think it helps us to begin to understand when people you, you know, look at us and go, you just, you just know. You just know. Can you imagine people who are just worn out on, on religion, who are just burned out, who just feel like they cannot do it, and then suddenly they, they, they come to Jesus and there's a sense of rest or peace? That's that feeling. You go, yeah, I just know that this is right. Now, it's not that there wasn't, you didn't have lists, you didn't ask hard questions, you didn't do tough work, but there was just a sense of this, this is it. You know that this is the person that I could walk with. Okay, with that in mind, we can look at some, uh, we, we can turn and we can look at uh, something like Proverbs 31. Okay, I'm not going to go into it now, but you can, you can read it uh, on your own. I encourage you to read it. And I know that some of you girls are thinking, oh, dang it. He's pulling Proverbs 31. Right? It's the impossible list for the perfect woman. Let me just read a couple things in, in here, though, okay? Just hang with me just for a moment. Okay, a wife of noble character, who can find? It's a good question. They're nowhere. Okay. She is worth, just joking, just joking, just making sure you're awake. Her husband has full confidence in her. She brings him good, not harm. She selects wool and flax and works it with eager hands. 
She's like the merchant ships bringing in food. It goes on and on. She holds in her hand um, uh, the staff and grasps the spindle with her fingers. She opens her arms to the poor and extends her hands to the needy. What she, when it snows, she has no fear for her household. She makes coverings for her bed. Her husband is respected at the city gate. It, it, she goes on and on and on. And what's going on here is that it's, sometimes it's been unfair on, on, on you women because you're like, ugh, I can't be all that. What's really going, is, this is probably not necessarily a list of like, you have to be all this, but this is at the end of the book of Proverbs, and what this is, is this is wisdom embodied. Wisdom embodied. So you just begin to look, and what does wisdom embodied look like? It looks like very tangible, very mundane stuff. It looks like having somebody, you see, you have a husband who's respected at the city gate, it means he's in some sort of authority, some sense of authority. And yet his wife isn't a slouch either. She's not at home hoping her husband's going to come back so she has something to do. You have two strong people side by side who who, who are pulling together well. And what you see is you see wisdom applied to the everyday stuff of life so so that it's rich, so that it's a blessing in her family and even to the, the poor and the needy around her. See, what you're looking for, ultimately, this is where it kind of ties into something like, uh, you know, tilling a field. You're looking for someone that you can live everyday life with well. Okay, you, you have romance? Yes. But it's not about romance. Okay, I, I, know, I know you hate, some of you hate to hear that. Just like some of you hate to hear that you're not going to have wild sex every single day of your married life. Right? Some of you are like, stop, I'm not listening anymore. <laughs> it's not, you're not true, it's not true. You don't want to hear that sex is kind of the ultimate end. Not that it goes, not that it goes away, it just has a different meaning because it's placed in this, in this larger context. It's like this, you want someone who's not just about wild adventures or, or, or the, the romance of the moment, but someone that you're going to be able to live the mundane life where you're folding laundry together, right next to each other, and, and you go, yeah, I like, this is great. The everyday stuff of life, because that's most of what our life is. Punctuated by joy and romance and tears and wonderful, and wonderful stuff that happens in all of our life. See, this is, just, this is just me, so take it for what it is. But this is, began to come home for me when I, when I was thinking, okay, and I was wrestling with stuff when I, when I was dating Shannon. I, I know I have this amazing person. And yet, she doesn't have everything on the list. And, and, and uh, so I was this, this game, and partly I'm thinking, you know, what am I, what am I really going for? Who, who do, who, what am I, what's my list leading me to? She'd come down to a, um, a wedding, and, um, a, a wedding of a, and I was, I said, maybe I've told you guys some of this, but I was the man of honor before it was cool to be the man of honor. I was on the I was on the bride side. It was a good friend of mine that I grew up with, like a sister, and so she was down there. And anyways, all that to say is that there was I knew a lot of people in that group, and and she just knocked it out of the park. Which is, by the way, it's another good sign, right? If all of your friends and your family go, dude, you're dating up, right? <laughs> you, you jump on that action. So like I took that, I took it seriously. Good. I I seriously I one of our. Uh, a mom of a of a friend of mine pulled me aside. He's just like, "You're an idiot if you let her go." I was like, "Okay, duly noted." 
So I, I was driving up and I was wrestling with some of this stuff. And when I, when I was able to shut off my mind of the things that I should want or that culture tells me I should want, I, I was on this camping trip by myself. And I just, I wrote down, this is, a, this is I proposed to Shannon by you, putting a ring in this. And, but I, I wrote in this journal and I, I put it in here for her. And I just said, if I can just let go of some of the fear and some of the shoulds, I just begin to say, I realize I love just being around you. You're the person that I want to go through hard stuff with. You're, you're the person that I want to do mundane things with. I want to show the joys of my day, the junk of my day, the heartbreak of my day. You're the one I want to raise a family with. You're the one I want to do ministry with. You're the one I'm proud to be around. You're the one I want to date when I'm 35, 45, 85. You're, you're the one I want to sit on a porch with someday when you're not attractive. <laughs> Let's be honest. I won't be either. Okay. Uh, um, I don't hate old people. Okay, just letting you know that. But right, I mean, you, you lose this point. Let's just let that in here. Right? You come to this point where you go, it's not about sort of this outward beauty that sometimes we're so consumed with. And I just realized this is a person that I want to get old with. I want to live everyday life. And it just became, it became crystal clear. I, just, I was able, I was able to, to, to let go. And it's a battle sometimes. But I was able to let go of the things that really didn't matter to, to grab a hold of the things that, that did. And I realized that I had uh, in my life a partner. And, and here's the thing for all of us. How can you find somebody for whom you can plow the hard ground of life with? I mean, you've you got to put your full weight into it. All of us have this hard ground of life to be able to plow so that it can become fruitful. So that you have a, a, a family life that is fruitful. So, so that you can begin to, to make a difference in, in a culture and in people's lives who have hard ground. That you can begin to bear fruit because you're leaning in. You're not running from the hard stuff, but you just go, I got someone who can actually bring about unbelievable fruit and joy. And you know what? This is the person that when it hits the fan... I want to be there with them because I trust them fundamentally. That's who we need to be looking for as we think about people who are building the strength. So there's a couple questions for you. Part of this is you've got to know where you're headed. So do you know where you're heading in life? Or do you know what you're about? Or are you waiting for someone to come in and give you some direction? If you have no idea where you're heading, how are you going to find anyone? How are you going to know who you're looking for yourself? What's on your list that you need to hold loosely? And this is, you know, for some of us who know married people or, or are married or, or in serious relationships, you know, there's some stuff that we might come and we just realize we get so irritated with this person and, and they're not living up to this and they're not, they're not on the stuff on my list. And it might be, we just have to go, okay, what, 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 how do I get down to the things that really matter? What are the things that we can pull together with that actually pull us forward? That, 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 that we go at the big, hairy, audacious goals of life. Let's find our commonality around that and some of that other stuff. We can then begin to let go and just go, you know what? They will always be irritating in that. But life is not about whether we leave the toilet seat up or down. Really. That stuff, that stuff will 
will fade away. What, what's, the, what's the stuff that I need to hold loosely and go, yeah, hey, it's on my list. Maybe it's important, maybe it's not. But I, what's the stuff I need to hold loosely? And then what's the stuff that you're discovering more and more that, that you need to hold really tightly onto? I mean, what have you discovered? I mean, think about those, those relationships that you've been in where you go, this just doesn't feel right. It lines up, it looks right, it just doesn't feel right. It's ill-fitting. You need to think about that. Pay attention to that because that, one of the things that happens is that you, begin, you get into relationships and you go, wait a second, it was so difficult before, but this, this is easy. Maybe it's when you're going to come to that place where you go, wow, I just know. So here's some homework. 30 Rock. If you want to watch Revolutionary Road, I think we should say that one too. So 30 Rock is going to be a good time. It's funny. I don't support everything in it, but you know, 30 Rock. So think about, think about the list. What's, the, what's not important? But also think about Revolutionary Road. That's a, that's a bummer of a movie. I'll just let you know right now. Okay, Leonardo DiCaprio. 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 <laughs> Ooh, we're going to do some edits on this one. How do I really feel about him? Kate Winslet. Um, it, it's a brilliant movie, but it's a, two people that are, are ripping themselves apart, partly because they're, they're longing to move in the same direction. And, and so I, it's going to be a great movie to spark some conversations as you begin to think, how do we actually live large, live big in a way? Uh, so a couple of things you could you lean into. Lord, thanks for your word. Thanks that, uh, um, Lord, your yoke is one of rest. Lord, you don't, uh, as much as sometimes we want things taken away, Lord, you, you actually come along and empower us. It's not about escaping. It's about you actually helping us to have a sense of, of strength in, in, the, in, the, in the big stuff that matters in life. Lord, I pray for all of us in that room that we would have those that would come alongside us, whether it be a spouse or whether it be a friend, that can actually pull hard with us. So that as we go through life, Lord, what trails behind us is ground that has been tilled up that becomes fruitful. That is not just a blessing to us and our families, but is a blessing to all those around us. Lord, I pray that you begin to work in us discernment on how we can start moving to strength. Praise in your name.